Hey friend, welcome back for part two of our series on identity. You're listening to the A Wife Like Me podcast and I'm your host, Amanda Davison. And if you haven't noticed this part one and now part two of identity is kind of raw. There's no music, there's no editing. It's just me because sometimes I just have the itch. I know I need to get on and share sort of bonus episodes with you, if you will. And so that's what this is. And I'm so excited to be back to further go through this topic. If you have not listened to part one yet on identity, stop this episode right now, go back one episode and listen to that first. Then you can listen to this. Um, I'm so excited to share this and to pick up the conversation again. So we were talking about how Kathy Boone lived homeless in Oregon her entire life. Knowing that she was her mother's daughter, she knew who she was. She had head knowledge of who she was, yet she lived her entire life unaware of what she possessed because she was her mother's daughter. You share in Christ's inheritance, friend, because of your identity in Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 and 17 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Your identity positions you to access Christ's inheritance. Okay? Because of Christ, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, your identity now in Christ, because of Christ, positions you to have all access and all access pass to Christ's inheritance. And what I don't want us to do is live our lives unaware and then also not even experiencing the fruit of this inheritance. My hope, my prayer is that as you finish up this episode, listening to this episode, by the end of it, you fully understand your full identity and what your identity gives you access to and that you would only, only, only now live that out and walk that out in activating it and in exercising it. This is the full talk on identity. Part one, you probably hear in church, you probably hear in books, because it's true. But we don't hear again this second part of the message, the full gospel message on now who we are in Christ. So let's answer this question. What does your identity in Christ give you access to? Because this is probably brand new to many of us. Okay. And it was to me, P.S., up until like three years ago. So you are not alone if this is new. Okay. What does your identity give you access to? First thing, the Holy Spirit. You have got to stick with me, P.S., because this is so good and I'm probably going to get a little fiery, fired up. Okay. John chapter 14, verse 16 says this. Jesus is talking. He says, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate, another helper in other translations, okay? Another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. Who? 
Jesus is saying, who am I going to ask the Father to send you? The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. See, before Jesus went and died on the cross, rose from the dead, Jesus, he made it clear to his followers the benefit of why this was happening. Jesus made it really clear to his followers in John chapter 16, verse 7, when he said, Very truly, I tell you, it is for your good. Some translations say it is for your benefit. It is to your advantage, Jesus says, that I'm going away. Unless I go away, he says, the advocate, other translations say the helper, the comforter, the counselor, who? the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. So Jesus went to the cross so that you and I could be carriers of the Holy Spirit. And Ephesians chapter 1, my, oh, it's a couple of my favorite verses. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 says, When you heard the message of truth, when you heard the gospel of your salvation, when you placed your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were marked in him with a seal. What's that seal? The promised Holy Spirit. Okay? When you placed, friend, when you placed your faith in Jesus, God put his spirit inside of you. And this is not some mini version or lesser version of the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Okay? Lives in you. This is not, this is not some small time mini appetizer okay because of your identity in christ because of christ you have been given and you have alive inside of you right now the spirit of god himself okay and and this is not by your own doing it is because of jesus what he's done already on your behalf on the cross okay so you have access to the Spirit of God, the counselor, your very own personal advocate, counselor, comforter, the Spirit of God. And we could talk for many episodes on what that means. I I encourage you to, if you have not yet read Don't Miss Out by Jeannie Cunyon, get the book because to, to really start grasping, well, who is Holy Spirit? What does he help me do? How can I listen to his voice? What does he sound like? How can I you know, tap into like his power, just read the book and start diving into that. But we don't hear enough that your identity in Christ has given you access to the spirit of the living God alive inside of you. Okay. Another thing that you now have access to right now already because of who you already are in Christ, you have access to the position with Christ in heavenly places. 
Okay, you have access to, you are positioned with Christ. And where is that? In heavenly places. I know. Okay, listen up. So Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, Christ is seated. First, Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That's Christ, okay? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him. Where? In the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So Christ is seated at the right hand of God and God has raised us up with Christ and is seated with also with him in the heavenly places. Unbelievable, right? So since you are in Christ, friend, you've got to know that you are seated with Christ in the throne room where he is. This means you're sitting in the presence of the Almighty. When Paul refers in scripture um, that he says we are made to sit together in heavenly places in Jesus, this is what he's saying. He's saying even though it might not feel like it, okay, it's what God says of you. And this, again, isn't something you can attain. But if you have placed your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are in Christ. And in the Father's eyes, you're seated near him at his right hand. The moment you became a believer, the moment you were saved, you're taken into Christ by faith. And now you're seated with him in the heavenlies. This isn't some theological point. It's a factual position. And again, take time to process this. Read these scriptures again and again and just ask God to make this true for you to help you wrap your mind around this. Okay, so now knowing that your position comes with your identity, you have a position that comes because of your identity in Christ. Now you can also know that this is true. You have access to Christ's power. Okay, Again, we can understand and have head knowledge of who we are in Christ all day long. But if we don't understand that that identity has positioned us to receive and have access to exercise and activate Christ's power, I don't know that we're going to see the work of God, the move of God happen here in our generation if we don't fully understand this and if we aren't walking this out and teaching our kids and neighbors and colleagues this, okay? So you have access to Christ's power. So first, we have to understand all authority, all power has been given to Jesus, okay? Jesus. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, it says, Then Jesus came and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Meaning, Christ, Christ proved on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection proved his victory over all the powers of darkness, over Satan himself. And Paul explains in, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, he says, Having disarmed the powers and authorities, 
Jesus made a, a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And Paul further explains in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 through 23, I'm going to read it all, but just listen here. He's pleading, Paul is pleading with Christ's followers to fully grasp all we've been given. He says this, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That same, or excuse me, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but, in, but also in the one to come. And God, he placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Okay, Jesus has all authority, all power in heaven and on earth. That makes sense to us. But listen to this. In Luke chapter 10, average followers of Jesus like you and me are given the same authority over Satan and his forces. In Luke chapter 10, verse 1, we read this. He says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of Jesus, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And after they returned, in verse 17 through 20, it says this, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, nothing will harm you. You, friend, you have access to Christ's power You have spiritual authority because Christ has spiritual authority and he's given it to you. (laughs) Okay, this is, again, probably brand new for many of us, but literally authority literally just means delegated power. It's, It's the power to enforce compliance and authority, it's the right, it's the power to act and speak as if Jesus himself were present because he is the spirit of the living God is alive inside of you. And as a child of God, you have been given this authority. Why? Because Satan wants to and will do anything. He will exploit every opportunity possible to attack you and undermine your confidence in God and in the goodness of God. Satan will do anything to get you to not live in who God has already made you to be. Everything we've talked about, your identity in Christ, the ability, your ability to access 
the power of Christ because of the living God, the spirit of the living God living inside of you, Satan is on active, proactive duty to get you to not believe it. Because if you don't believe that you anything that we're saying, then you won't act on it. You won't live it out. But Satan can never take away what Christ has given to you. He can, though, Satan can get you to believe lies, to doubt, because then that's what you'll live out. Think back to the Garden of Eden. What, what was the outcome of man, humans, not believing what God said? Rejection, guilt, shame, weakness, helplessness. And this is why Satan's primary weapon is the lie. That you're not who God says you are. You don't have access to what he's given you access to. Satan is the enemy of lies and he's going to tempt you, accuse you, deceive you if you let him. This is why he tries to persuade you that you're a failure, a fool, worthless, embarrassment, you're a, a waste of time, you're inferior, you're destined to fall short, you're a hopeless victim of your past, helpless to change, you know, beyond repair, whatever, all the things that come into your mind. And every time you agree with one of those statements, you're handing the enemy a stick. And he uses that to beat you down. Satan is committed to deceiving you into believing you are not what in fact you already are and that you cannot do what in fact you can. Okay, you are a child of God who has the same spirit of God alive inside of you that raised Jesus from the dead. Okay, who has defeated all. And you must know this because how you perceive yourself will govern how you live. And Satan goes after your mind. And we're talking about this because, again, if you have power to the, if you have access to Christ's power, we have to know that you can use it. And that's what we're getting at. In John 8, verse 44, it says, He, Satan, was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. There are inroads, we have to know, where, where Satan gets a foothold in our thought life. Satan goes after our thoughts. And so shame, unforgiveness, any word, messaging, phrasing that we've believed that is not in line with what we talked about in, in the first part of this series with who you are in Christ, that is when we will not believe or exercise what we've been given access to through Christ. So we've got to understand activating the power that comes with your position in Christ is living proof, friend, of your identity in Christ. I'll read that again. Activating the power which we're going to talk about now how to do that, but activating the power that comes with your position in Christ is living proof of your identity in Christ. Okay? We want to be women who not only understand who we are in Christ, we want to actively show the world that we understand who we are because we're activating and exercising all that we've been given. We are not victim to the enemy 
we're exercising the power we have over the enemy. Okay, that's living proof of who we are, that we know who we are in Christ and all that we've been given. Okay, so this is what it comes down to when we are talking about activating, exercising, walking out. And this is my prayer. I have it on my wall. If you come over to my house, you'll see it. I have it of this chalkboard, chalk paint wall. And it says on here, it says, Lord, awaken us to the power that comes with our position in you. So awaken us to the power that comes with our position in Christ. And that's my prayer. And this is how we're going to awaken is right now, I'm going to explain what this power is, how we activate it. It is not rocket science. It is not complex. It's available for all of us. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. It's really living free and renewing our mind. That's how we do this. Because again, Satan comes after our mind, comes after our thoughts. Also, Satan doesn't have to come after your thoughts if you're doing it yourself. If you're lying and deceiving and believing messaging from your past or that you're not good enough, Satan doesn't have to bother with you. Why would he bother you if you're doing it yourself? Okay, so not everything is from Satan. You can just believing, be believing things that are untrue because you're believing it, right? So, but still, you and I have the ability to line every thought up with scripture, Okay, so for, uh, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing, any thought, friend, that you have raised up against the knowledge of God. We are destroying them and we are taking, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Meaning, this is an active process, present tense. It's ongoing. It's an ongoing process of mindfulness. In this scripture, Paul, he's saying, he's saying, be on the offense, be proactive and tear down, get rid of anything that goes against scripture, anything. Again, this could be lies of our past. It can be learned defense mechanisms. It can be Satan. Okay, lots of different ways that we can be believing things. But the whole point is Paul is saying, examine them. Examine what you're thinking about. If it's not in line with scripture, get rid of it. And because Satan's primary weapon, again, is the lie, our defense, your defense is truth. Okay, John chapter 8 verse 32 says, uh, Jesus says, you're going to know the truth and the truth sets you free. Not your own mental thinking or your own power. Jesus is saying the truth, the word of God, scripture is going to set you free. And Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the way of escape when Satan attacks our identity and what we have access to in Christ and through Christ the way of escape is in our minds. We're taking the initial thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And when we tear down these thoughts, when we get rid of them, then we're conforming to the reality 
of God's loving presence, his truth, his word, our real identity. So victory is really recognizing that Satan's power means nothing when you understand he has no authority. On the cross, the devil lost all authority. And so when you give any authority or any one, any power, when you give any one or anything, any power other than God, it's going to exercise rule and dominion in your minds. So if I'm not placing that under the obedience of Christ, if I'm not aligning that thought to Christ, and if it doesn't align with scripture, I'm getting rid of it. If you give anything else, power, attention, energy in your thought life, then you're giving the devil power. You're giving him free reign to come in and have your thought life. Okay, any thought, any lie that is contrary to the word of God must go, must flee. How do I do this, Amanda? Okay, I'm hearing you say, like, take every, think about what you're thinking about. In psychology, I would teach on, this is called metacognition. You're thinking about what you're thinking about. If it doesn't align with scripture, if it's not true, get rid of it. Well, how? James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Going forward, friend, evaluate every thought to truth and do not give any consideration to anything tempting, accusing, or causing shame or lying. You have access to the power of Christ. You can verbally articulate James 4, 7. You can verbally articulate your authority in Christ. And this is huge. This is what I want you to take away. You can say and pray. Lord God, I submit myself to you. This is praying James 4, 7. God, I submit myself to you. Devil, I resist you. You have to flee from me. And it's as simple as that. I spoke at a K through six school last year and I didn't know, you know, what exactly I was going to talk about, but then the Lord made it clear that I was supposed to teach these young kiddos how to discern the voice of God versus the voice of the enemy. And so my kids helped me make it more fun because I don't usually speak to kids and I thought it'd be super boring. And they said, mom, have big, get big poster boards and write down like, what God's voice sounds like and what Satan's voice sounds like. So I did that. I wrote on these big boards, you know, Satan's voice sounds like this, shame and feel bad and fear and confusion and sadness and worry and rush. Okay. And so I wrote those in red letters and came one on each sign. And I had a kiddo come up and hold up that sign in case there's this on one side of me, all these red posters of what Satan's voice sounds like. And then we talked about what God's voice sounds like and it's calming and um, peaceful and encouraging and convicting leads us back to Christ. And um, uh, uh, man, I can't even think of any more right now, but loving and kind and, um, you know, brings peace, not confusion, things like that. And so then in green, all those signs were held up by kids over on the other side of me. And so I had a jar and I said, okay, now you guys are going to help me. And I, I had taught them that they had the power through the spirit of God alive inside of them to get rid of any thought that doesn't align with who God is. 
and what God's voice sounds like. So I taught them James 4, 7, and that was up on the screen. And I took a jar. I had all these little pieces of paper in the jar. I pulled out a piece of paper and it said this. I said, kids, I need your help. I'm going to read this thought and you're going to tell me who it's from, Satan or God. So I'd read something. It said some, you know, one said, my family, you know, wish I weren't a part of their family. I'd say, whose voice is that? And they'd all these, all these little kids, Satan, say, good job, kids. What are we going to say? So I point up to the screen and it said, I submit myself to God. Satan, you have to flee from me. And then I'd throw it in the garbage. I'd read the next one. It would be something like, you are mine and you are safe. Whose voice is that? God's. What are we going to do with that thought? And then we'd keep it and I'd put it in my pocket. My whole point is you have access to the power of Christ himself. Friend, you do not, you are not victim to Satan's lies. You are only victim as much as you allow yourself to be victim to those thoughts. Satan comes after your mind. He comes after your identity. He comes after what you already have in Christ because of Christ. And you have power to get rid of and renew your mind and align your thoughts with the truth of God's word, with scripture. And I pray you would teach us to your kids. I mean, I I went through this so fast, but this is what we have access to. If you ever want, I mean, I would love to come and share at any event, your church, any, anything. This is like my passion, but for us to just chip away at the surface of this, it is life-changing, friend. I truly, again, believe that we can live our entire lives aware of who we are, yet unaware of what we've been given because of who we are. Christ, in Christ, we have been given his redemption, his righteousness. We've been given his right standing with God because of what Christ has done on the cross. And not only that, he didn't leave us here to fend for ourselves. He sent us his spirit to alive, to, to be alive, alive inside of us, not only to walk with us, but to live inside of us, to equip us, empower us, enable us to live out this life, activating, exercising his power here on earth, on heaven as it is here on earth. And so my prayer now, Jesus, I just pray over this woman listening Father, at the sound of my voice, may she fully recognize, understand, become aware of who she is because of your blood. Only through your blood shed on the cross is she made right. Give her that confidence. Give her that awareness. Open her eyes, her heart, her soul to that truth that nothing in this world can take that away from her, that that is who she already is. And Jesus, I pray that your spirit alive inside of her would be stirred, that she would be filled with your presence, that anything of herself, any thought, desire, stronghold, barrier, anything would be broken in the name of Jesus, that she would fully receive your power, your fullness, your spirit, that she would be filled with your presence, your peace, your power, your hope. 
And Jesus, I pray that she would live aware of the power that you have given her to access, to exercise and activate here on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that she would fully step into that power, that she would not be afraid of anything that comes up against her, that in her thought life, she would literally see that nothing, you have not given her one thing that would harm her, but then that because of you, Jesus, that she has all she needs to rebuke and remove any lie from Satan himself, that because of James 4, 7, she can submit herself to you, God, and that under your submission, under your full authority and reign, that she has power and authority to tell the enemy to flee, and he will. I pray that she would exercise that, that she would in her own home, in the places of her own experiences when she's alone and when she's with other people, that she would exercise that, that she would verbalize that, communicate domain and rule and authority over her own life, and that she would teach others, teach her kids, her husband, her friends, her colleagues, how to do the same, that because of their identity in Christ, they have access to your inheritance, Jesus, that they have access to not only the position with you, but also the power that comes from you. So Jesus, I pray all of this in your mighty name, and I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for technology, and I thank you for this woman listening right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friend, I love you. I'm thankful for you. Um, Week in and week out, it is my joy to be with you. And um, I love you. If you have any questions, reach out. Info at awifelikeme.com. Hey, if you also need a Bible, if you know someone that needs a Bible, we are more than happy to send a copy. We have Bibles to send. So just let us know. Email us at info at awifelikeme.com. Again, head over to awifelikeme.com for all of our resources, our free marriage resources, plus our book, Dear Wife, and our workbook, Design My Day, to help you align your tasks with the time that you have. I'm sending you a great big hug through my voice right now. I love you, friend. Bye-bye. Friend, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? If so, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make and start a podcast so easily and then distribute it everywhere and even earn some money. It's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute it wherever podcasts are heard. Even video podcasts are available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. But best of all, it's totally free and there's no catch. Ever since we've been using Spotify for Podcasters at A Wife Like Me, we've been able to triple our reach, reaching wives across the globe. And it's so simple. Again, we do this right from our computer. And again, you can do it from your phone. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app. Or just go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters. Again, www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started.